Hey everyone, my name is Robin Openshaw and I am the founder of TakeActionForFreedom.com and this is my first ever Utah Patriot Update episode. This is a new show that I'm starting at the beginning of 2021 after spending um, pretty much full time since early March of 2020 in the freedom fight. I am a full-time influencer and I have the brand Green Smoothie Girl online and I'm a longtime podcaster. You may follow my podcast called Vibe. It's several years old and in the last nine months, I've been interviewing people like Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and the attorney and uh, nephew of the former president, Bobby Kennedy, Dr. Rashid Buttar, David Avocado Wolf, Dr. Thomas Cowan, who is speaking up about how the COVID uh, virus has never been isolated using Koch's postulates, uh, Dr. Amanda Vollmer, Dr. Carrie Midday, who has fled the United States and speaks up about the vaccine agenda. Dr. Judy Mikovits, who was featured in the film Plandemic that was banned on all social media channels and other alternative channels were banned on Facebook. The entire platforms were banned on Facebook because they could not have that information getting out. Uh, we had hundreds of thousands of people download the Judy Mikovits episode. I just interviewed Nurse Erin, who blew the whistle at the epicenter um, during the early COVID outbreak in New York City in Elmhurst Hospital. So I started speaking up on February 27th on my personal page, um, which is just Robin Openshaw on Facebook. And since then, I've been I've spent months in Facebook jail off and on. I've been massively shadow banned all the usual things that you've seen happening to political conservatives and also people in the health and wellness space who are holistic oriented and had a lot of background in knowledge of vaccines and other um, other parts of the, the medical industry that have been committing all kinds of acts of fraud on the American people and the people of the world for many, many years. So we've all been... Um, the victims of the cancel culture and the loss of First Amendment rights all over the world. So I felt like it was very important for us to start doing updates because so much has happened this year. We've learned so much about what's going on in our state, and we have a lot of work to do in 2021 to stand up to this whole thing. I think a lot of people who would normally be standing up to it think that there's a white hat movement uh, under President Trump, and they've been quietly waiting and, you know, uh, what do they call it? Trust the plan because they're Q followers. I think a lot of other people um, believe that on January 6th, that there's going to be some dark horse effort that puts Donald Trump in office. I'm recording this on January 3rd, and I'm not going to speculate on any of that. However, I do want to point out that um, the takedown of the U.S. economy and the entire scam that is the COVID-19 agenda happened right under the nose of President Trump. And that's, I'm not saying that because I don't support him. We did vote for him. We do support him. He is much, much better than the alternative, even if he is the author of Operation Warp Speed. But I do just want to point out that we lost a lot of our freedoms and we took a horrible hit to the economy, the likes of which has never been seen before in American history. 
um, going around Donald Trump and, and on the state level and on the local level. So I just want to start updating Utahns on what's going on in our state because there's a lot of buzz. There's been a great groundswell of people who care about freedom, who care about the Utah Constitution and the U.S. Constitution being upheld, who are starting to put pieces together and identify the deep state um, or corrupt players in Utah's government. And we need to come together. And in 2021, we need to continue that movement towards all of us coming together, all of us taking meaningful action, and all of us being aware of what's happening in our state. So that is the point of this new show, which we're calling Utah Patriot Update. And I have lots of people who have stepped up and shown themselves to be leaders in the fight to regain Utah's freedom, who I will interview on this channel. And just to keep you up to speed and keep you plugged in. I want to point out that all these speakers that I have been um, interviewing on my podcast called Vibe, the thing that they all have in common, they have a few things in common. One of them is that they are outspoken and that they already had a long background in investigating the fraud of the vaccine industry. They were already, you know, well-versed in all these health and wellness issues. And, and all of us had been speaking up long before the scandemic, but they're all activists trying to wake America up. They all have a high knowledge base, but you know what else is all of us have less to lose. Here's the thing. We speak for the thousands of, of uh, employees out there, doctors, nurses, business owners who have a lot to lose because they literally are getting fired right and left if they speak up about it. So, you know, I listed a bunch of people, Sherry Tenpenny, Bobby Kennedy, Rashid Buttar, um, all these people that I interviewed, David Wolf. We all work for ourselves. And so we have more freedom to speak up. Nobody can can fire us. Now, have I taken a huge hit by my activism? Absolutely. I mean, people were unsubscribing en masse when I started speaking up on February 27th. And I was actually using my public figure platform, which is Green Smoothie Girl on Facebook. And I would get literally hundreds of comments saying, I'm unfollowing you. Um, I'm turning you into Facebook. It's amazing how many people who, if they bought in on the media story, they were also seem to many of them be okay with giving up first amendment rights. And if somebody disagrees with you, you're okay with them being silenced and canceled. I think that no matter what side of the fence you're on, we all have to take a good cold, hard look at the world we live in. If we aren't allowed to have free speech. So I'm taking this podcast onto iTunes because that is the one place that I have not been censored. They actually removed my David Icke and my Judy Mikovits episodes on Spotify, if you can believe. I mean, we've been um, censored on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, Google has cost us 80% of our organic traffic. But what a shock to even have Spotify censor us. So, But on iTunes, I have never even heard of any of my colleagues who have shows on there being censored. I don't know why Apple is able to fly under the radar and not fall under the spell of this far left agenda to um, basically impose a global one world government is the ultimate goal um, on the entire world so that a small number of unelected officials who aren't even officials, really, they just have a, they're technocrats um, and they want control of the world. They have so far, at least, not been able to control iTunes. So that's where we're taking this show. And I will do updates when I think there are important things for you to know as a Utahn. I started 
um, speaking up nationally. And I have a Facebook page called Take Action for Freedom. Um, probably some of you were on it. It was growing by 500 a day. And once it hit 20,000, uh, Facebook stopped putting it in people's feeds. And they did all kinds of things to us. I won't bore you with the details. But what I started to figure out after about a month in the fight, um, trying to figure out what's going on, trying to put all the pieces together, I figured out that where we have the most impact and where I could do the most good is locally and at the state level. And so even though that's not where my reach was, I didn't have a Utah audience, I kind of had to start all over again in building an audience in Utah because I believe that we have to focus at the local level and at the state level. We are, I believe, just because I'm connected to people all over the country, I believe that Utah is the best organized of any state in the country. And I believe that's why we also have the healthiest economy in the country. I mean, granted, we were like, you know, top five anyway before we went into this whole COVID situation on uh, in February of 2020. However, we have been able to exert significant pressure on our elected officials and our unelected officials, because keep in mind that our elected officials, when they were under heavy pressure and we had lawsuits pointing at Governor Herbert and the health departments, we had the legislature finally sort of willing to do their job. You know, we had close to half of the legislature who was getting angry enough and were seeing the scam enough that they were um, talking about doing a special legislative session, which is very uncommon for a legislature that's out of session to call a special session. It costs a lot of money. They all have to come to Salt Lake and they have to uh, agree. Uh, we had both of those um, constitutional checks and balances in motion. Well, guess what Gary Herbert did? He didn't cancel his state of emergency that he had spooled out for months and months and months, even though the legislature, they may not have shut his emergency down, but they had chosen not to extend it. And so even though they elected in, I think it was June and again in uh, August or September, had not extended his state of emergency. Even so, he continued with it. And then when he really had both other um, branches of government bearing down on him, he just handed the state of emergency to the health departments. And he basically told all these health department officials, if you want to keep your job, then you have to run a public health emergency and you have to keep this going. So that's where we're at today is that he just sidestepped um, the, the remedies that we had available to us from the Constitution by handing it to unelected officials who, by the way, have refused to be responsive to the people in most cases. A couple of the health department officials in different counties have admitted to us that they don't agree with the agenda, but they can only do so much without losing their jobs. And some of them have said, hey, I don't have any mandates personally that I've put on the county because I don't agree, but they've told us privately, listen, what Gary Herbert and Spencer Cox really want is to completely shut the county down. So this is the kind of conversations we've had with our health department officials. We have we have uh, protested them at their homes. We took a lot of heat for that in the media. And even some other freedom fighters were, were saying, oh, that's just going too far when you when you protest at health department officials' homes. Well, here's why we did it. And I refuse to do media interviews uh, because I don't want to be the subject of media interviews. It's not about me. I may be organizing at a high level, but there are plenty of other Utah patriots organizing with me 
and they are the boots on the ground. My husband and I have essentially fled to the state of Florida. We live there now. We've lived there for almost three months now, but I'm still fighting the fight. I'm still doing everything I was before. I just can't run the protests. And I had run many protests in Utah attended by as high as 1500 people. A couple of our protests were, um, were attended by 1500. So I kind of want to talk a little bit today about where we've been, what has happened in the last 10 months of the Utah freedom fight, what we've learned, and then where we're going and what we need to see happen in 2021 and how you can help because we need more action takers. My sense is from interacting with Utahns, I've lived in Utah for 35 years before I came to Florida. I never intended to leave Florida. My body might be in Florida, but my heart is in Utah. My five children are in Utah and I will fight for Utah's freedom until my very last day. So um, we really only have impact on a local level. I think that a lot is going to happen at the local level. The vaccine fight that I know that many of you are concerned about is going to be a local fight and a state fight. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Richard Bullough, who is one of the worst health department officials, he was the first to shut his county down. He was very proud of it. It happens to be the county where I live, Summit County, which is where Park City is. He shut us down on March 12th. Since then, we didn't, from March 12th until late July, we had zero deaths in Park City. But what um, he had told the media and how he justified shutting down um, over 8,000 registered businesses in Summit County is that he said that we had the same per capita infection rate in Park City as New York City. And maybe you've heard me tell this story before, but I was actually in the Park City Hospital. I was trying to get a blood draw for my annual uh, physical, and I spent one hour in the hospital. And then I was there again a week later and spent an hour then too. failed both times to get the blood draw because there were so few personnel in the hospital because the hospital didn't have any patients. Basically, the whole hospital was just idled for months. But I was actually in the Park City Hospital, which is Summit County's only hospital. I was in the hospital when the story came out. I saw it on my phone. It came out from KSL saying we had the same per capita infection rate as New York City. So I was there in the hospital when um, KSL told Utah that Park City was in a dire situation with a horrible outbreak of COVID. Well, strangely enough, we had zero deaths until an 82-year-old gentleman who had been in a care facility for over two years died in late July. So we had four and a half months of zero deaths. This should have been our first should have been our first clue that this virus is just, just not nearly as deadly as we were pitched on in February and March when they said that there was going to be up to 6% of us dying of this virus as it got here from China, even though China had already published that its death rate was between 0.04 and 0.12%. So that was the kind of stuff I was talking about at the end of February saying, hey, everyone, we're being lied to and people just throwing rotten tomatoes at me as hard as they could and unsubscribing and telling me that I was an idiot and telling me that the, the ERs were full and that we need to just shut down the economy and be quiet and do what our government told us. Well, the whole two weeks to flatten the curve thing stretched out into um, we're now going into more hard lockdowns all over the world. The first world is very, very lockdown happy, even though it didn't work the first time, it didn't work the second time. And we in Utah have to stand up to that. Just because we haven't experienced a lockdown, we should look around us. We should look around and see what's happening in New York. They're now in another hard lockdown. California is in a hard lockdown. And you might think, 
well, the Utah economy looks like it's really healthy. Well, part of the reason the Utah account, account or the Utah economy and specifically the Park City economy looks healthy is that there's people flooding in from the West Coast. Okay. Business owners, uh, up and leaving because they're going out of business. Um, employees who are now able to work from home because that's the new economy now is that none of us go to work in office buildings and we have huge, you know, office buildings that are idled and, you know, lots of different things are shifting in the economy. A lot of those people are flooding into Utah because they think it's better there. And relatively it is that, and that is your governor and your lieutenant governor now. Well, now he's your governor. Spencer Cox is now going to be your governor. We're about to, uh, we're about to inaugurate him this week. Well, here's the thing. Their argument is, well, it's not as bad here as it is in California or New York. That's not a good argument. And you know what? I believe that they are under, um, their deep state taskmasters. They're being told what to do by the National Governors Association. Uh, the National Governors Association, we don't know who funds them, but we know that it's just a good old boys network and that they were told many, many months ago to keep their emergencies going, um, at, at any cost until there's a vaccine. Well, here's the thing. Now we have a vaccine and the, you're going to see the emergency continue to be extended. It's, it's, I think that all 50 states are under a state of emergency. They have to, to get the federal funding. So they are under a lot of pressure to keep this emergency going. And it all seems to have an agenda. I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't already know. you probably wouldn't already be here if you weren't pretty awake to the whole agenda, but back to Richard Bluff, he is the health department director in park city. He's, he's hard left. He shut the economy down instead of reconsidering when nobody died in four and a half months. What does he do? He gets in the park record, which is our newspaper up there in park city. And he tells us every chance he gets that the reason we have so few deaths, we only have a handful of deaths in all of summit County. All of them were elderly people, all of them from care facilities. He says that the reason we have so few deaths in summit County is because of him because of him and the Summit County Council who voted to um, lock us all down. I've also spoken with the sheriff, um, Justin Martinez. I spoke to him on uh, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve Day, and he told me that he was under heavy pressure to institute martial law. Those were his words. He said, I was under heavy pressure and still am. What they want me to do is shut the whole place down and actually check IDs in and out of Summit County. Um, those of you who were there know that when they shut us down on March 12th, we were literally told that nobody could come into or out of Summit County without permission. Well, that was never enforced. And what Justin Martinez told me is that even if he had the will to do what he was being told by the hard left, which is who runs Park City and Summit County, he said, we are underfunded, we are undermanned, and we are undertrained. He said, I couldn't have done that if if I wanted to. So I got the sense he's not interested in it. We went to a thing in uh, August in the park off the Jeremy Ranch exit. There's about 200 conservatives from, from Park City, which is probably all there are in terms of conservatives in Park City. And he gave a speech and he said, I stand for the people. I am a constitutional sheriff. I don't get outside of my lane. I don't work for the government. I was elected by you people. And so I stood up and said to him, what are you going to do when they start telling you to go and enforce their mandates on the businesses? Because our businesses are already deeply damaged in Park City. They're scared. 
And he, he looked quite shocked. And I don't think that he had inter- entertained that idea. I don't think he was aware at the time. I don't know if he is to this day that there is an agenda here, but I called him again the other day. I had emailed him and I had um, called him and left a message saying, I'd really like to talk to you. And I just wanted to reiterate that I believe that Spencer Cox stepping in is going to make uh, Gary Herbert look like a softy, even though Gary Herbert was anything but, but Spencer Cox has a completely different personality. He's far more liberal. He has shown that over and over and over again. And that's a lot of why I'm talking to you today is that I believe that we have to regroup and we have to be aware of who we just elected as our governor. I don't know who elected him. I don't know a single person who voted for him. I know he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of taxpayer money um, getting his uh, name recognition out there before he even threw his hat in the ring. But somehow he came out of the primary, even though a lot of us worked really hard to get a better candidate in there. And here we are. We have an incoming governor who was a never Trumper and who has hired himself all the people who back the agenda, such as, for instance, Mayor Pike from St. George, who was most recently seen standing up in front of the people who elected him uh a few years ago, screaming, shut up, shut up, shut up at the people because they were there upset about his mandates and his lack of interest in people having human rights in St. George. So he's hiring people like that. Um, The people he's hiring are as alarming as the people that Biden is lining up. So given all of that, given the fact that we're going to see Richard Bluff has said that he doesn't want to reopen the Park City economy until 70% of us are vaccinated. So you basically have an unelected health department official stating that he intends to continue to destroy the economy until we all give up our medical freedom and get an experimental vaccine. So I hope that that impresses on you how important the local fight is and how important it is that you stay plugged into what your county council is doing. These people may be you know, elected officials that you've never really thought a whole lot about before, but it's incredibly important that you stay plugged in and that you um, establish contact with your sheriff, that you thank him for backing the Constitution and for honoring his oath, which is to stand up for the rights of the people. So uh, the biggest thing that I want you to get out of this update is how important it is that more of us get involved. Stay plugged into this show. I will see if I can get my sheriff on this show. I will see if Sean Reyes is willing to come on the show and reiterate his commitment to seeing that law and order and rule of law are followed in Utah because we've seen a lot of violations of constitutional principles and we see our actual elected and unelected officials breaking laws right and left. So we have a changing of the guard and we have Spencer Cox coming in as our governor and we need to hold him to the platform he ran on. His signs all said limited government. Spencer Cox ran on a platform that he believes in limited government. And he did this right after he instituted socialism in Utah. He sent out a 26 page uh, Utah leads together plan. And what it actually was is imposing unprecedented restrictions on every aspect of life in Utah. What socialism is, is when the government dictates the terms of commerce. Well, Spencer Cox didn't just usher in under the, the white flag of um, an emergency. He didn't just usher in um, 
controlling the economy and he didn't just usher in dictating the terms of commerce to Utah businesses. He is actually dictating the terms of every aspect of life in Utah. You saw our governor try to cancel Thanksgiving. So we need to hold Spencer Cox to his promises to us. He told us over and over and over again that he is a conservative Republican. You can go to my personal Facebook page. Um, I posted it again on, I think, December 30th, just this past week. And I showed you the video where I went down and confronted him. He was supposed to go to a cottage meeting in the driveway of a gentleman who was running for um, state legislature. And I heard that he was going to be there. And I went down to um, this little driveway meeting where 40 neighbors were gathered and Spencer Cox didn't actually show up. He called in instead using the fact that there's a spike in COVID cases as his reason why he can't leave his house and he can't go out in public, even though he goes out in public plenty when he wants to. And I confronted him on why he ran on a platform of limited government. And then he has shut down. He had just shut down the Utah economy two weeks, Utah County economy two weeks before. And so I said, you're the author of socialism in Utah. Um, and I wonder if you can explain yourself. And he got huffy and he said, I am not a socialist. I am a conservative Republican. And I said, then why did you shut Utah County down? There's well over a hundred thousand businesses in Utah County. And you are telling them that they have to be at 40% of capacity, which is a guaranteed death for many of those businesses, if not all of them. And he said, and I quote, it's just for a couple of weeks. Well, we are now in our 13th week of Utah County being shut down to 40%. So we have to hold him to his campaign promises. He has shown us that he is not above lying to the people who elected him. He is hiring people like Angela Dunn, who is a leftist from California. She's an import and he's handed her and Governor Herbert has handed her the reins of the economy in Utah. And she gets to call the shots and extend this emergency forever and continue to destroy Utah businesses, many of which have closed. A great example of that, and I had, and I had emailed Justin Martinez, our sheriff in uh, Summit County, and said, hey, 40% of the outlet mall is shut down for good. They are gone. They are bankrupt. And when he called me, he said, hey, I was just over there, and there was lots of traffic in that in that mall and lots of people coming off the Kimball Junction exit. I've never even seen so much traffic. And I was like, yes, that's because it's the holidays. That's because we have a lot of people coming in from the West Coast. But what you didn't do is you didn't drive around and see how many of those businesses and they were, it was a hundred percent occupancy in early 2021. How did 40% of them go out of business in one year? This should be super disturbing to us. And and our sheriff didn't have an answer for me because he hadn't done that homework, which is the only thing I had told him is that 40% of the outlet mall is now out of business. Another thing that Spencer Cox has done that I just want you to be aware of is that many months ago, both he and Gary Herbert canceled all access to him. You cannot reach Spencer Cox. If you post on his personal social media accounts, he will ban you. He's not allowed to by law on his public figure platform, but he and Gary Herbert have now stopped you from posting any links, um, from posting any kind of art like memes. And so they've throttled us to the extent that they're allowed to by law, but you cannot email him. Uh, they have made it completely invisible how you could possibly email him. 
in the very beginning in March, I actually did get an answer from Spencer Cox's office. His assistant wrote me and it was, they were very attentive. A number of us, uh, a number of us got responses from his staff in his social media accounts. Before he was elected, he was responsive to the people. After he's been elected, he is completely unresponsive and does not seem to care if you have a problem with the way he's running the state. So what have we accomplished in 2020? One thing that we've accomplished is lots and lots of Utahns have woken up. Even though people were yelling at me and telling me we just need to shut down for two weeks to flatten the curve, they believed what they were told in the media, they believed what government was telling them. Um, the vast majority of Utah is against what Spencer Cox is doing right now. The vast majority of Utah is getting angrier and angrier about what he's doing to our economy and what he's doing to our lives and what he's doing to our schools and what he's doing to our emotional health and to our children's emotional health and our children's ability to be social and to get out of the house. So what we've accomplished is that there's a lot more pushback. We have a lot more Utahns who are willing to push back. On Take Action for Freedom, 11,000 of you have sent the one-click letter campaigns that I've written and set up. Um, or you've come to one or more of our protests, or you've signed the declaration where we declare ourselves free from illegal mandates. Um, most recently, I set up a letter so that with one click, you can enter your name and email address, and it automatically fires off a letter to your House of Representative rep and your senator saying, we don't want we don't want this bill that has been introduced by Robert Spendlove of Sandy. So Robert Spendlove's bill, he's proposing that the state cannot force a vaccination on you, but private employers can. I think that Robert Spendlove may come from a good place in introducing this bill. I'm no longer particularly worried that, that Representative Spendlove's bill is going to get passed our legislators have heard us loud and clear. Almost 6,000 of you have sent the letter to your legislators, and we are being heard. I have heard from a number of legislators. They got bombarded with letters from you. They do read them. They are aware of the massive backlash of Utah not wanting to be forced to get an experimental vaccine that will change our DNA and that we cannot recover from uh, the damage that it does. It's not just aborted fetal tissue. It's not just uh, heavy metals. It's not just dozens of toxic chemicals. In this case, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine is made of mRNA, modified RNA. It can actually change our DNA, and we cannot afford that. We cannot afford to be the first ones on the maiden voyage of the Titanic. So that's what we've accomplished. We have woken up. We have organized. We have pushed back. We're going to have to get a lot more organized. We need to get a lot more of us sending these letters and subscribed on my site, which is takeactionforfreedom.com. The whole purpose of the site is to organize because there's strength in numbers. And if we lay down for this and we're just keyboard warriors and we're just posting on social media, not taking more meaningful action than that, then we're just going to expect more of the same. We might as well just expect more of the same from Spencer Cox and the rest of the deep state who um, control Utah. Another thing that we've accomplished in 2020 is we've held dozens of protests. 
I told you that we protested in front of the homes of many of our health department officials. I didn't want to be in the media about that. So the media has run stories about me and uh, Eric Mutzos, who runs the Utah Business Revival uh, Facebook page. He he will always jump into the media. He likes being in the media. I don't. Mostly I don't like being in the media because they always lie. They always lie about us. Um, at every single protest that I held, um, I would stand up and say, I'd like to address the media before we do anything else in this protest. And that is to tell them that I don't run mask protests. So if you're going to say in the, in your news story tomorrow, that this was an anti-masker uh, protest, if, the, if you're going to say that this is a mask protest, you are telling a lie. And guess what they would do? Every single one of them besides Fox News ran a story calling us anti-maskers and saying it was a mass protest. That is not my agenda. I have not been out there um, particularly focused on the mask agenda. Do I think that people should be forced to wear masks? No. Do I think that masks are working to stop the spread of COVID-19? No. However, my bigger concern is the takedown of democracy, the takedown of the free market system, and that's what my protests have been focused on, and the media will not report on it. They literally will not say those words in print anywhere. They can't have the focus be on Utah businesses dying. I had a friend reach out to me and say, hey, Robin, I've seen you post on social media that, that nobody in the media will focus on or do any stories on all the Utah businesses that are dying and the the deaths of despair and the suicide spikes and the, uh, you know, all the businesses being in trouble. Um, I'm going to connect you to Utah Business Magazine, and I'm sure they'll do a story on it. Well, I said, yep, try it. Connect me. Connect me by email. Guess what? They didn't even write back. Utah Business Magazine isn't even slightly interested in stories about the harm to hundreds of thousands of Utah businesses. So another thing that we've accomplished in 2020 is that many of us have established connection with or personal relationship with our sheriff, with our legislator. If you aren't connected to your legislator, you should be. You have a House of Representatives rep who is assigned to you based on your address and the town you live in. You also have a senator. There are two houses of Congress. There's a House of Representatives and there's the Senate. There's the ones that you send to Washington to represent us federally, represent Utah federally. But I'm talking about the state representatives. And I have had lunch with my senator and I've had lunch with my representative. They both stand with us. They were both willing to have a special session. Did they push it? Did they organize it? Did they get their colleagues to sign on for it? No. I don't understand why we worked very, very hard to get the legislature to do their job and they wouldn't. Now, as this continues and maybe as more of their neighbors and friends and family members lose their jobs and have to shut down their businesses, will the legislature, now that they're going to be in session in January anyway, will they shut down the state of emergency? We can only hope. Okay. But this is one of the things that we've accomplished in 2020 is that we've put significant pressure on not just our executive branch, our governor and our lieutenant governor. We've also put significant pressure on our legislators. We have put significant pressure on these health department officials. I wouldn't have organized the protests at their home if they went to an office, but they didn't. Okay. That's what channel two reached out to me and said, our story is about why um, these protests are being held at health department officials homes. Would you please do an interview? And I said, no, I won't do an interview. I'll give you a one-sentence statement. Here it is. 
We protest at the health department officials' homes because that's where they work. So, um, and then of course they ran a story that wasn't about that at all. The title of the Channel 2 story was, who is organizing the protests at health department officials' homes? That's what the title of the story was. So as often the media lies to us, they lie to you, they cook the story so that it's what their mob bosses want you to hear. And so you get a strange, skewed version of events. Another thing that we've accomplished in 2020 is that leaders have risen up and we work together. Okay. Have we had some um, problems in the ranks? Have we had some disagreements on what to do? Yes. One of the Utah uh, leaders of the resistance only likes rallies, does not support our protests, does not support anything else we do, just thinks that only rallies are the answer. I personally support his rallies. I think they're great. I don't think they're changing anything. I think we have to do other things. And so I have done a lot of other high-level organization so that we can come together and, and use that strength in numbers to speak our mind to the people that we elected and the people we didn't elect who seem to have an extraordinary amount of power over us. So some of the things that we've learned uh, in the course of the last Seems like 10 years, right? But it hasn't even been a year. We've learned that Herbert and Cox are not above lying to the people. Okay. Herbert stood up, you know, weekly, sometimes multiple times a week, trotted out a doctor who would cry on camera and say she was exhausted because she worked at the University of Utah uh, Medical Center, which is actually one of the hospitals that does take COVID patients. You got to realize most of these hospitals don't even take COVID patients. Okay. If we're just going up, 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 up in um, how many people are hospitalized and how many people are in the ERs? Why aren't people lined up outside the door? If we've had 10 months of, you know, these hysteria headlines, why don't we see people lined up outside the door? Because there aren't any. Because the actual statistics show that our hospitals are where they always are this time of year. And a lot of these hospitals, especially the smaller ones, don't even take COVID patients. And the bigger ones have to have like over 100 to get the big bucks, the federal dollars. So the, it's just a, the, the medical system is another example of how, um, the International Monetary Fund, the, the World Economic Forum, um, the globalists are pumping up big international conglomerates, the big international corporations and crushing the little guy. They need all the small businesses crushed. That's the big resistance when you are looking at communism. It's happened in every Communist takedown in the world. More than 50 countries have succumbed to communism in the last 60 years. And in every single case, the major part of the agenda is to destroy the middle class, destroy the wealth of the middle class, destroy the power of the middle class. And a lot of the ways they do that is by destroying our small businesses, because that's where we got our strength and that's where we got our wealth in the first place. But Governor Herbert is completely willing to create a case-demic He's completely willing to pay healthy people 30 bucks to go get the nasal swab to get 90% false positive so that he can scream and yell about it and use those numbers to justify more destruction of our economy. That's the Trojan horse is all these uh, false positives that he uses to justify putting a lot of hurt on the Utah economy. Um, we don't know where that $30 is coming from, except that I believe that it's funded by the Rockefeller Institute. That's another thing we've learned this year. Cox is willing to tell us it's just a couple of weeks that Utah County would be at 40% of capacity, all their businesses. 
Um, and we've seen that that was a lie. We're in week 13 right now. Take note of it because I honestly think that most Utahns are sleepy and they won't stand up to this because it's so shocking to them that all of a sudden on a dime, our elected and unelected officials are literally crushing us, crushing our lives, destroying our businesses. It is shocking. It's hard to bend your brain around. And I get that. But the longer we stay sleepy and unwilling to stand up to it, the, the more the the more destruction there's going to be. We have learned by collecting affidavits of the actual harm caused by our elected officials breaking the law. We have learned that the sheriffs don't want to prosecute. They don't want to investigate and they don't want to prosecute the good old boys network, all of their colleagues and, and people they think of as powerful. They don't want to prosecute uh, Spencer Cox and Gary Herbert and the health department. So they just stonewall and they have lots of excuses and they buy themselves time and they have so far not undertaken an investigation and a prosecution of the people who are destroying life in Utah. We have learned that even though we have these mandates, they can't enforce them. Okay. They don't have the staff. Uh, the sheriff's department, the police departments do not have the staff to actually uh, enforce these mandates. And so, yeah, sometimes a customer will go into a business and, and be tattletales. This is, this has also happened in every single communist takedown worldwide is they have to get the people turning on each other. So they have to create fear and they get half the people believing a lie. And then those people are an unpaid police force and they report the business owner for not policing the illegal mandate. Well, there are plenty of businesses in Utah who are sick of it and they're not policing the mandates and they don't care if you come in their business without a mask because they're starting to become aware that there's no will on the part of our sheriffs and there's no manpower on the part of our sheriffs to really police these illegal mandates. We've also learned this year that Governor Herbert has major ties to China. He's always flying to China. Um, he has major ties to the Rockefellers and the global agenda. Okay, what is a globalist? That's a subject for another day, but just to be brief, um, David Rockefeller, for instance, before he died, he was interviewed and he said, you know, people are always calling me a globalist and I don't deny it. I do think that the world would be better off if if we controlled all the populations of the world. I mean, they have completely admitted it. Um, we now have Klaus Schwab stepping out of the shadows of the World Economic Forum and making public statements saying, yeah, we want to control the world and we want you to be stripped of the right to own private property, but we'll cancel all your debts, but you just have to agree to never own any private property again. And don't worry, you'll be happier that way. He's literally on record doing videos saying this, every single first world prime minister is out there talking about build back better right now. That should chill you to the bone when you hear Justin Trudeau of Canada or prime ministers of European countries and Australia using the words build back better. Guess whose uh, campaign platform that was? That's right, Joe Biden. Okay, this is the propaganda. This is one of the slogans of the globalists build back better. Okay. They have to create the problem in the first place, crush the entire economies of the world, crush the fiat system, crush the dollar so that they can waltz in on their white horse and offer us a guaranteed government income and a complete loss of all of our freedom, our wealth, our small businesses, 
So we know that there's an agenda here. I think that we've all become aware of this. If you're listening to this, you probably already know this. There's a great video that's been going around the last week by my colleague, Catherine Austin Fitz. I'm in a group of uh, Christian women influencers with her and she's interviewed in this video. You've probably seen it. And she basically talks about the whole agenda and how we are basically in a prison camp training And she calls on Americans and the people of the world to wake up to what's happening and stop building the means of our own slavery. There are lots and lots of people working in a lot of different industries and for a lot of these big multinational corporations who are actually building their own cages. And she talks about how their agenda is to crash the fiat currencies and that the only reason they haven't pulled the rug out from under the dollar is they're not ready with their systems. Can you imagine the software that they have to uh, implement so that globally all these different systems plug into it so that there's something to replace the dollar. So she claims that the only reason we're they're they're kind of extending the broken bankrupt dollar and the broken bankrupt banks is that they're not quite ready to step in with their systems yet. She talks about how they are going to kill us. Their intention is to kill us with, Vaccine after vaccine, cradle to grave. These aren't really vaccines. Okay. They're injections for sure, but there's a different agenda here that has absolutely nothing to do with protecting us from the virus. And that should be made clear by the fact that Tony Fauci has now said, you know, if you get the vaccine, we don't really know if it's going to prevent the spread of the disease. I mean, it might protect you from symptoms if you make it through the Bell's palsy or the the other various uh, symptoms that people are getting and the media is covering it up. There have been fatalities. The media won't report on it. Um, But a lot of things have gone around in social media and in alternative media um, for those of us who are plugged into those networks and that information stream. Um, Don't expect the mainstream media to tell you how many deaths. You know what? You don't even have to, if you're a physician, You don't even have to report Bell's palsy as an adverse event. It's not required to report that as a vaccine adverse event. Okay, there's a short list of of negative consequences that if you have them, then the doctor is supposed to report it to VAERS, which is Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. And Bell's palsy isn't one of them. All kinds of new things are happening with the mRNA vaccine rollout. And, uh, and nobody's even had the second shot yet. It gets way worse when people get the second dose. So they want to uh, make us a $2 million patient by giving us autoimmune disease with their, with their cradle to grave vaccines and with their bad medicine. Okay. Our, our whole medical system has gone from bad to completely broken. Ask any doctor. I have lots of them who advise me and they tell me that things are very, very bad and not because they have hospitals full of COVID patients, but because this whole thing has really broken the back of the medical system and they are destroying our businesses and our jobs. So we've also learned this year that um, when they can get law enforcement to get involved, they're not above arresting people for going to a protest. We had a, a guy named Dylan who went to the um the Alpine school district protest and they hauled him away. They handcuffed him and hauled him away and booked him and charged him with a crime. Even though he was literally just standing there, he held a door open. That's, that's all he did. And they charged him with false crimes. Um, I've gotten multiple cease and desist letter from Utah law enforcement for my crime. Wait for it is sending letters to the health department. 
Now it's a form letter and it's Agent Porter who has been sending these cease and desist. Lots of other people have received them too. And in the letter, it talks about how it's illegal to send a threatening letter to health department officials. Well, guess what? I didn't make any threats. That's not my style. I don't threaten people. I don't even swear. Okay, so the cease and desist are based on total false pretenses and they're designed to scare us and they're designed to shut us up. So your health department officials literally want you stopped from being able to have anything at all to say about your own slavery, about your own business being destroyed or your job being destroyed. So we have seen that they're willing to give citations to businesses. There aren't very many of them. I've heard of very, very few of them. For the most part, sheriffs don't want to do it. Police officers don't want to do it. Um, at every one of our protests, the p- police have been very friendly to us and in many cases have admitted to us that they hate what's happening and that they stand with us. I've gotten the sense that in many cases, the police wish they could just join with us marching on the governor or joining us in our protest. Uh, we saw a Western New York gym owner rip up his $15,000 fine and then go sue uh, New York and win, win in court. So I think we're going to be seeing things like that in Utah as we um, if we see more aggressive actions from Spencer Cox and Hey, I'd love to be wrong, by the way, I'd love to see Spencer Cox suddenly start to get behind economic recovery and do things that support Utah's small businesses. But I haven't seen a darn thing yet. I would love to be wrong about this. I would love to have to go and ask Spencer Cox's forgiveness for criticizing his actions in the last 10 months of bringing socialism to Utah. So. Uh, what do we need to do in 2021? Well, we have major plans. Okay. We now have numbers. We have many uh, small businesses in Telegram, which is an encrypted messenger app. You can download it in Apple iTunes. And then we have groups in there where we discuss every time Spencer Cox or Gary Herbert or Angela Dunn goes live on Twitter or Facebook. Every time they post, we point that out to each other and we share information with each other so that we can stay current on when they're posting and we can um, have a voice in their Twitter feeds or their, um, or their Facebook feeds. We've never had one of these elected officials engage with us on any level about anything we have to say in any way, but we've got to be heard and we've got to help wake up the rest of Utah, the ones who are still under the spell and still believing that our big problem here is a killer virus. That killer virus, according to the CDC, 99.98% of the people who get it survive it if they're 69 years and under. Okay, 99.98% survival rate for 69 and under. It's higher or I mean, it's a lower survival rate if you're over the age of 70. um, But a lot of these people have two and three and five uh, comorbidities. They've had cancer. They've been through years of chemo. They have heart disease. They're at the end of their life anyway. It's not that their lives don't matter. It's not that we're okay with anybody dying of anything. However, elderly people in care facilities usually die of a virus or a bacterial infection. That has always been the case. It just never was front page news before. So what do we need to do in 2021? You need to stay tuned. Uh, please open your Take Action for Freedom email. If you're not on the Take Action for Freedom list, make sure you go to takeactionforfreedom.com. Just send one of the letters there. Send the letter to your legislators telling them you don't want a mandatory vaccine bill. 
um, sign the declaration saying we, the people, uh, refuse to be under illegal mandates, sign any one of those things and you will be on our subscriber list because there's strength in numbers. We need to come together. We need to get better organized. We can't get tired. We can't stop taking action. We can't lay down for this. That's when we're in trouble is when we do like California has done or New York has done. And it's just silent. Um, Mother Jones, which is a very, very liberal uh, national media outlet came to my protest where we marched on the governor after three weeks of morning and night protests, three straight weeks of protesting the governor. He never responded to us in any way. And then we marched on him. 1500 of us marched down state street and, and had a protest in front of his mansion. And, and this uh, national media journalist from mother Jones came and she asked me if she'd come to my home in park city and, and interview me. I wasn't super excited about it because the Atlantic gaslit me when they did an article on me, which I knew they would. I knew they would gaslight me. That's all they do. That's all they're allowed to do. The journalists are told what they can and cannot report on. We already know that. But I figured she already came to my protest. I might as well give her an interview just like with the Atlantic. They had already watched my Facebook Live about my opinion on contact tracing when that was a new thing back in May. So I granted the interview and Mother Jones came to my house, this this journalist, and her her big fascination was, how do you get so many people to show up at a protest? She said, I live in Washington, D.C., which is where I grew up, by the way. She goes, I live in Washington, D.C., and the whole place is a ghost town. All the businesses are shut down and nobody's doing anything. Nobody's standing up to it in any way. Well, in my opinion, 1,500 is pathetic when we have 3.2 million Utahns, right? But I think Utahns aren't used to protesting. They're not used to having to stand up to their their government because our government seemed benign. Until March of 2020, our government seemed to be on our side. It seemed to be a business-friendly state, business-friendly government. Well, we've got to get over that fear of standing up to our government because if they are under pressure, like I think they are, to catch us up, to catch us up with the global agenda, to catch us up with what what Governor Cuomo has done in New York and what Governor Newsom has done in California. If I'm right about that, and I'm pretty sure I am, we're going to need to come together against this and we can't get tired or lay down for it. Another thing you could really do is establish contact with your sheriff in your county. Um, give him a call, send him an email, tell him you appreciate anything he does to stand up for the people and to stand for the constitution because he is what is in between us and tyranny. So call to action for today is just plug in here. Um, I will do these uh, episodes periodically. It'll be available on Apple iTunes and also on the take action for freedom.com page. Uh, we need a new society. We need a new society that respects religious liberty that respects medical freedom, that respects and goes back to rule of law and the constitution and human rights. I'm not talking about um, special interests, rights. I'm not talking about leftist agenda. I'm talking about basic human rights. They're being trampled um, for all of us. Make sure you send that vaccine letter saying no to your representative and your senator, saying we do not want mandatory vaccines in Utah. And if you want to plug into what I'm doing nationally and interviewing some of the most outspoken, most articulate experts on what's going on that that is counterpoint to the media narrative, make sure you subscribe to my podcast called Vibe 
also on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. And I will see you next time. Hey, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed doing the interview myself. We have the Green Smoothie Girl Detox coming up. We tend to have people jump in and do the video masterclass. It's free. Um, they do it during December sometime and they jump in at the beginning of January and do the detox. John and I are doing the detox this year. The last time he did it, he only did the first two weeks of it and he lost, uh, he lost almost 15 pounds and he has kept it off and he feels like a million bucks and it really rewired his brain for how he thinks. I just got a text message, uh, yesterday from someone I haven't heard from in years, just a, a green smoothie girl follower who told me that her foot zoner was was just going on and on and on about the Green Smoothie Girl Detox and about how, how her husband is walking again because of doing the Green Smoothie Girl Detox. He had actually done it um, two or three times, I believe she said. But we have stories like that all the time. We share before and after photos that people send us. We've never even solicited them. But people send us these amazing before and after photos. Usually sometimes they've done it like a second time or a third time in a course of a year. But we're excited to be supporting a group of detoxers again in January. If you want to learn about it, just sign up and, and take the free video masterclass. At a minimum, I think that you will find yourself astonished at what you learn just from a free class about the process of human detoxification and what you didn't know about how your body detoxifies and how to optimize it and how to do it easily so that it's actually repairing, rebuilding, cleansing every single cell of your body. So check it out at greensmoothiegirl.com slash detox. Check out the free video masterclass at greensmoothiegirl.com slash detox. I'll see you in there.